don't let smart kitchens outsmart you. Welcome to Service Calls, a podcast for service techs brought to you by Tech Town and Food Service Equipment Reports. In this episode, we're going high tech, talking tips to deal with a technology boom in the kitchen. And joining me, a big welcome to Food Service Equipment Reports Associate Editor, Alex Arnett. We'll also hear about a margarita machine delivering the wrong kind of buzz. But first, from touch screens to Wi-Fi capabilities, food service equipment continues to evolve. We're talking to Duffy's AIS service manager, Paul Pomputis, about keeping up with smart equipment. And Paul, FER is always talking about new features on equipment, and it's all super high-tech. What does that evolution look like on the back end for service technicians? Well, it definitely has its ups and downs. The new technology with a technician will always make things a little more complicated, especially for some of the rookie technicians. It complicates things a little bit more, but once you start to get into it and dig in, you, you find out that it actually helps the service guys a lot because there's a lot more information we can draw from in order to make proper diagnosis. Paul, thinking about the connected equipment, uh, your high-speed ovens with Wi-Fi capabilities, for example, what are some easy ways to get tripped up on servicing that technology, and what advice do you have for repairing it? Well, that's kind of funny because I look at that in a lot like how I troubleshoot a circuit board. So I could troubleshoot a circuit board that isn't working properly, but I couldn't necessarily tell you what component on that circuit board isn't working. Wi-Fi is going to be a lot like that. The components in the equipment that are capable of, of producing the Wi-Fi that the customer is using, we can troubleshoot down to that level without getting too in-depth and involved. Um, and that's what I tell my techs here is, is we don't have to reinvent the wheel. That's all that's already in there. We just have to troubleshoot to that one component, and then we replace that component as needed. But yeah, you, you can get tripped up on that pretty easily. I, like I said, I can't tell you what component on a circuit board is bad when I've when I've troubleshot a, a control board. Um, and that would probably be the same as with the Wi-Fi. I could tell you what component is not allowing the Wi-Fi to work, but you know, we don't have to take it as far. We don't have to overcomplicate it. So many interfaces come as touch screens nowadays. And I know back in my days of working in restaurants, uh, you know, the equipment became a mess. Uh, you know, like um, greasy fryers, for example. Uh, what are some challenges when it comes to servicing touchscreens and your advice for overcoming them? Yeah, that's funny, too. When when the touchscreens first came out on the equipment, it was difficult because um, people would use things other than their fingers to try and, and activate things. Uh, tongs, uh, spatulas, <laughs> things like totally. that. Things they definitely should have been using. Um, but what I found is is now... Everything's touchscreen. Everything. So everybody's used to them. They know how to use them. They know what to expect. They know how to treat them. They know that they're, you know, a little bit more delicate than than normal controls. So you got to be a little careful. Everyone's carrying a touchscreen in their pocket these days, so they all know how to use them. Uh, in fact, my three-year-old daughter thinks my TV is a touchscreen, and she'll she'll climb up on the TV stand <laughs> and start swiping at things. I'm like, what are you doing? So everybody knows how to use touchscreens now. So it's a lot easier. But when they first came out, it was a lot more trickier than it is now. Now, when you're working on this high-tech equipment, what are some things to keep in mind versus working on your more basic traditional equipment that maybe not everyone has thought about before? Yeah, the biggest thing is always stick to the basics because at the end of the day, we're, we're accomplishing the same thing. We're just using a lot more technology to do it. I have a saying I use with my techs and with some of the classes that I've taught at Cefesa where, you know, if you hear hooves stomping, look for a horse, not a zebra. 
Okay. And I completely ripped that off from a TV show from the early two thousands, but the older I get, the less chance I get of being caught <laughs> stealing that. But, um, when we're trying to heat something, you know, those kinds of things are all the same contactors, heating elements, uh, gas components. We have to break it down to the controls and it's usually the controls that are all, um, the high tech end, the touch screens, the circuit boards and things like that. But what we're trying to accomplish with them is very much exactly how it was with the, you know, the old style controls. You know, you have an input, you have an output, and those are things we can check. We can test those without having to get really deep into the components. So it's easy to get caught up in the things because it does look a lot more complicated. There's a lot more bells and a lot more whistles. But at the end of the day, we're still trying to accomplish the same thing. And all of that technology is still in there. Hey, Paul, what TV show did you uh, create from? It was CSI. I used to love that show. It was a Grissom <laughs> quote. Gil Grissom. <laughs> awesome. It's, you know that show's coming back. Did you know that? I did. I saw that. I saw that. That was very exciting for me. <laughs> Restaurant equipment is just like, I think, like cars these days. It's just getting so um, high tech. And that uh, can be tough for technicians. Do you have any recommendations of where they might turn for continuing education, you know, to bring themselves up to speed on servicing this high tech equipment? So I strongly recommend training through the factories, the factories that are developing this technology and putting it out there. They're the ones that are going to be able to train the best. And what usually ends up happening is, you know, you get up to speed on one, you start to find out that that's the same technology that this one is using and that one is using. And it all kind of blends together and you start to figure out, okay, it's just like old school stuff. Everybody kind of used the same components. They use the same things. You know, somebody comes out with it first, somebody's better at training with it. But once you get the factory training behind the newer technologies, the touch, touch screens and things like that, um, the best place to get it is, is from the factory. And then you can it can cross over to everything else we work on. That's what I've found over the years. It's just pretty much everybody ends up using the same kinds of ideas. So with all, the, all these advances in technology, what are you most excited about when it comes to the future of smart equipment? To be honest, the thing I'm most excited about is being able to troubleshoot equipment from my desk. You know, being able to help a technician out, being able to log into, you know, a piece of equipment and tell them exactly what they're about to walk into. A lot of times, you know, we do a lot of that now with error codes. You know, a tech says, hey, I've never seen one of these before. It's given me this error code. And I can quickly look up the error code or if I remember it, you know, tell them what to look for. If I could log into a, a control of a machine and, and just go through and look at it the way I could when I'm standing in front of it, that kind of thing is very exciting because then you could put a lot more guys in a lot more situations where normally you would not. So how far down the road do you anticipate that being? I really don't think we're that far away. There's some now that are probably very, very close. And I think once we get there, like I said before, once we get there, they'll all start doing it because they'll all have to keep up. But I think, and especially with the labor force being what it is, it's, it's so diminished that if you have a couple of really strong uh, technicians that could help out some fledgling guys, you know, by, by just logging into it, we would be miles ahead as service companies for sure. Nice. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think that takes us even back to the auto industry where you can just kind of now just plug into a car and it'll give you the diagnostics for everything. Yes, absolutely. And you can go to an auto parts store, any one of them, and they'll plug in a, you know, a pretty generic a diagnostic tool, plug it in and tell you exactly what you're looking at. Um, so that's what I mean. Eventually, they all kind of adapt to the same kind of technology. And I think we're going to be in the same boat here. And, you know, along those lines, uh, you know, the auto industry is uh, experiencing 
a big shortage of these uh, chips that they use in, um, in just about every car out there. Is uh, this chip shortage affecting the food service industry at all? Yeah, well, in the sense where we can't get vans for guys, you know, it, it, the offside chance that we get lucky and we're able to hire a couple of guys here and there, we're unable to get vehicles for them right away. Sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes they're driving something that maybe we should take off the road, but, or maybe you got a, a guy that does refrigeration driving a, a smaller size van because you can't get a full size. So it has affected us. We've had uh, some full size vans on order for, it's got to be close to a year now that, that haven't been delivered. But most of the shortages is for us is in raw materials and parts and things like that. But, you know, the chip shortage did get to us just just in the sense that we can't get vehicles. All right. Good stuff. Thanks to Duffy's AIS service manager, Paul Pomputis, for the relevant and timely tips. Next up, it's from the field. And we're welcoming back RSI refrigerated specialist president Scott Hester. And Scott, there are a few things sadder in my world anyway than a broken margarita machine. Tell us about the call RSI took from a Mexican restaurant about that very situation. Well, the margarita machine we're referring to, they had turned in a request for service. And when we arrived, we diagnosed a defective compressor. And when we went further and studied the cause of the compressor failure, we found that the machine was plugged into an outlet that was sharing a circuit was sharing other loads with some other high amperage appliances like a little ice maker or a glass washer. And as a result, we were overloading the circuit. The result of the overloaded circuit ends up with some low voltage. So when we don't get the nameplate specified voltage and wattage going to our machine, that in, in, in turn makes the electric motor hot and stresses the electrical components out in the machine and you'll ultimately have an electrical failure. It's kind of like running too small of an extension cord on an appliance or something like that. And so that's what had happened. And we ended up changing the compressor on it. So it actually burned out the compressor, huh? Correct. And I know this is something you guys probably see a lot when you get out to uh, service equipment. Uh, when you got there, the machine itself wasn't a well-kept machine, was it? It, it was not, and, and it's commonplace. The margarita machine is a piece of equipment in a bar or restaurant setting that has a lot of interaction from personnel, more so than a walk-in or a reach-in or something like that. And it comes with certain responsibilities about daily breakdown, cleaning, sanitizing, lubrication, as well as doing your margarita mix correctly so that your bricks, the relationship between sugar and alcohol versus water, is properly balanced so that your frozen beverage fills the glass and it is the right thickness or consistency. And so in, in that particular case, they did not pass my little test of the show me your petrogel and show me your sanitizer. They didn't have that immediately available on hand. As a result, they were only, investigation-wise, they were only breaking down the margarita machine about once a week. And while that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're getting bugs in there, the value of taking the face plates off and taking the agitators out and cleaning and sanitizing also has the restaurant personnel using their petrogel to recoat the O-rings and in the the bushing surfaces with lubricants per the manufacturer's instructions. 
and that's a well lubricated and therefore the O-rings don't wear out and you don't get mixed leaks. Many restaurant operators will keep a cup under their spigots because they're dripping. And they're not dripping because the hard Lexan or plexiglass face plates are worn out. It's because the rubber O-rings are worn out or possibly they're not worn out. They just don't have lubrication on them and they kind of got crusty and they're allowing leaks. And so thorough cleaning, take them down, rub everything with a thin coat of petrol gel that requires it and put it back together makes it easy to operate. You're going to fill your glass faster. You know you're cleaned and sanitized for a safe product to your customer. And you don't have drip, drip, drip impacting your liquor cost because you're wasting beverage. Uh, so along with the broken compressor, uh, the dirty machine, uh, what else was wrong? There was, uh, wasn't there a piece missing as well? Certain brands of machines have a, a linkage or a lever as soon as you grab the dispense handle that it's going to activate the refrigeration and in this case, that was missing. So it had to cycle itself on with a different control in it. And that leads into too much unfrozen liquid entering the freeze chamber and it thins the batch out. And it kind of disables your machine momentarily while the freeze catches up because the freeze process did not initiate when they first sought to fill a glass. Gotcha. So what did the service tech ultimately do to fix the machine? I replaced the compressor, did a clean and sanitize. We supplied a new tune-up kit, and we'll go through everything because basically the technician and individual, be it lease equipment or not, he's got to back up his craftsmanship for 90 days after he completes a repair. And then we would educate anybody that wanted to listen from a head bartender or bartender person to a restaurant manager responsible for the front of the house. Hey, uh, you mentioned something about uh, you, you have a test to uh, separate good bar operators from the not-so-good ones. Would you? Could you revisit the test for me? Oh, it's just a matter of uh, show me your petrol gel. If you're standing, if, if you've got margarita machines in the bar, then your petrol gel and your powdered or liquid sanitizer should be in very close proximity. And it's pretty obvious as soon as you ask them for that if you get that puzzled look they don't even know they're supposed to have it a handy and that means they're not using it regularly versus other times the guys will grab it and show it to you because it's like i just get curious what brand of sanitizer do you use or who, who where do you get your petrol gel and they'll show you and they'll talk about it and that reflects that they're knowledgeable and if they don't know what's going on then you know the machine's kind of being neglected that's a lot of experience talking there. Thanks again to RSI Refrigerated Specialist President Scott Hester. Now it's time for Nuts and Bolts, and that's where we turn it over to you, the tech in the field, for our monthly question. And last month we asked, what are some tips you have for keeping a service truck in top condition? And first up, we hear from Gary's East Coast President, Gary Petiti. My tech tip for service vehicles is to keep your truck clean and organized. Clean meaning Run it through the car wash, wash it. Uh, when you get into it, wash up after your job so you're not full of grease and you drag grease all over the inside and the outside of your vehicle. Pick up the garbage off the floor from your fast food restaurant so that when you pull up to your job site, so you don't open the door and garbage falls off and put a bad impression on you and the company. Uh, organized, keeping your truck neat 
and everything put in its right spot so that when you need to go in and out of it, you can find it and stay cool and calm in your nice clean truck. So that's my tip. I hope that helped you guys. I know it always made me feel better uh, working out of a clean, organized truck and being able to see out the window is good too. This one comes from General Parts Director of Field Operations, Jason McGilvray. Well, the first thing is to make sure you are following the maintenance schedule and get it into a server shop. But in between those scheduled events, a good tip is to check the fluids, the oil and the coolant weekly, along with inspecting your tires. You might be able to see a problem before it becomes a big one and get it resolved. And it'll save you time in the long run. And EMR Delaware Valley Tech, Derek Denny, sent us an email. One less than obvious tip for keeping a service vehicle in tip-top shape is giving it regular washes. Always maintain that showroom shine. Thanks to my colleague Bob Kessler for lending his voice to that last one. And thank you everyone who chimed in this week. We really do appreciate your time. Next month, our question is, what form of technology, you know, something more surprising than a phone or earbuds, can you not do without while on a service call? We'd love to hear from you, and you can call in to leave a message. Our number is 312-788-7618. That's 312-788-7618. You can also email or record a voice memo on your phone and send it along to servicecalls at fermag.com. And that's it for this episode of Service Calls, brought to you by Tech Town in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. We'll be back next month, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I'm Rob LaFrance.